Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Did you get the buck schedule I sent you? The Bucks yeah. schedule for the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, the playoff schedule. I think I thought I sent it to you. In yeah. We could probably post that uh, yeah. to make sure that everybody gets it or yeah. make sure the people that follow us get it. Yes. Um, what I can tell you for sure is that the Bucks will play at 4.30 on Sunday. Yes, they um, <clears throat> But we are here now, so welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics. Uh, we are going to start with our Bucks coverage today. Uh, Amari Snowden will be with us um, probably right after we finish talking about the Bucks. So yeah. um, what we're going to do with the Bucks today is because they wrapped up their the number one seed throughout the playoffs on Wednesday, we're going to dive into that game a little bit kind of like normal. And mm-hmm. then for the other two, we're kind of just basically just going to give a couple quick, um, couple quick takeaways. Uh-huh. And then after that, we're going to review our preseason notes from our Bucks primer. So we'll have to flip back in the old notebook and look at some of our bold predictions and, and our record predictions and stuff. Yes. And then uh, then we'll be live with Amari Snowden. And that is for sure to be awesome. So that'll be our fourth badger oh. we have on the show. I know Mike's excited because that's his guy. It, Mike was the first one. And then... I think once he signed, me and you count, me and you were like, okay, Mike is a genius. I'm on board. <laughs> uh, he was in Mike's target list for the transfers when we did transfers for Badger football. He was. Dude, he is a fantastic athlete, uh, not just on, on the football field, but on the baseball yes. diamond as well. And, and a basketball uh, court, too. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm excited. I a video of him throwing down an oop in a basketball game, and I'm like, damn, what, what can this dude not do? <laughs> Give up touchdowns, I guess. <laughs> Touche. All right. Well played. So I didn't do a Bucks power pair and underrated performer just because the games were kind of a uh, a contextual anomaly as far as basketball games go with the regular season coming to an end. But I know that you did, so I will give you a chance to put that information that you gathered out there. Okay. So for me, uh, when I was watching this, I wanted to give love to a couple of players. So the first one is Bobby. He gets enough love. But at the same time, he de- he can- he deserves all the love. So Bobby Portis is my first star. Uh, Twenty-one and eight this week. Sixteen of thirty-two from the field. That's an even fifty percent. Eight of thirteen from downtown. He's Bobby been cooking. Goldfish. Yeah, he-, he goldfish baby. He um, does. It makes more sense the more you think about it. Like I said, it, it does, and it- it's making me mad now, and it makes me hungry at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's been cooking from behind the stripe, man, and I hope that that you know stays consistent throughout the playoffs we're definitely going to yeah. need that um even though espn for some reason thinks that we don't have any impact players but that's a conversation for a different time oh my god i saw that yeah things. That was yeah bad. i was like we have an mvp candidate a defensive player of the year candidate a six man of the year candidate and a guard that made the all-star game could be the best two-way point guard slash guard in the nba but you know none of them are impact players pretty much a lock for first team all nba defense also, we have a guy that, you know, when he's healthy, averages 20, 25 and 5 or 25, 5 and 5. You know, he could be yep. a 50, 40, 90 guy. I mean, just just no impact players on our roster. So, yep. it is yeah, what it let's is. put a bunch of impact playoff players that 
you know, fold in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Great um, list. So, <laughs> with that being said, another guy that just deserves love, just purely for his energy and being the heartbeat of this team, I have Thanasis out of the Kumbo. Um, he had a couple okay. thunderous Thanasis dunks. Uh, mm-hmm. The one against the Raptors was that was impressive. Nasty. Yes, that yeah. was. That's where he gets the nickname Thanasty uh, because yeah. that was Thanasty. Um, he averaged 13, six and a half, and three and a half assists. Um, 10 of 19 from the field this week, 53%. They used him a lot in pick and rolls in the Raptors game. So uh, he was a good pick and roll guy. Uh, my last guy, my UP, is Lendo Wigington. Um, kind of forgotten, uh, was on the herd, gets his first ever start uh, against the the Grizzlies, and he drops 25, five rebounds and 11 assists. That's insanity. He averaged 21, three and six for the week, shot 53%. From the field and 37 from three. So he had a good week. The Bucks, you know, they lost two of the games, but were we really did we really care? No. After the Bulls game, it was kind of like focus on the Brewers for a few days. We get a week off. We're good to go. I predicted a one and two week. That's exactly what I predicted. That the that the Bucks were gonna be wrapped up on Wednesday with this Bucks and Bulls game. Yeah. And gonna be that. So we can start with the Bucks and the Bulls game. Um, Giannis did not play. Chris Middleton did play, left early. Um, as of yesterday, he was practicing as if he's going to be ready for the first round. So the plan was to have him practice yesterday. I did not see if the Bucks practiced as a team today or not, but they are having, um, they are planning on Chris Middleton practicing tomorrow. So it does seem like Chris Middleton will be ready for the first round of the playoffs, and maybe they'll bring him back just like they did in the regular season when he was coming back, and they'll just bring him off the bench for the first round of the playoffs. And then second round of the playoffs, they'll put him back in the starting lineup and they'll be ready to go. So what stood out to you from the Bucks and the Bulls game? Um, I really want the Bulls to be the eight seed. <laughs> we were sitting people and we were absolutely just controlling this entire this entire game. Um, 39 of 92. That's not horrible, but definitely winnable. Obviously, we won this game. Uh, 18 of 46 from three. That's impressive, no matter who you play. play. Um, we dominated the rebounds. We're usually the more physical team, unless one team really brings it to us one day. But it's not going to happen four times in seven games. I can promise you that. The Bucks and Celtics are going to throw haymakers at each other, okay? So I'm just getting you prepped up for this, Bucks fans. When that yeah. happens, they are one of the few teams that punches back. That yeah. we are going to face in these playoffs. That that series could literally go like one, 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 yeah. one. That's why home court was so important. Yeah. And they say they say a playoff series doesn't start till you went on the road. In both places, you know, Milwaukee and Boston are very hard to win at. So and last year we each won in each other's. I was gonna say, and both teams are capable of winning in the other team's building. Yeah. Uh it's that that matchup is just so evenly even. Um yeah. So <laughs> I saw a tweet from Bucks After Dark. I don't know if you follow that guy. Do you follow him? I think so, yeah. Um, he said, we could probably say Giannis, Drew, and Chris for four more games if we get the Bulls in the first round. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, dude. But after watching the game, I was like, I'm not going to lie. I don't disagree with him. We could probably sit them for the first round to have them have two weeks off. Like, hey, you're a little rusty, but, you know, all those bruises feel better, don't they? So. Uh, what stood out to me is the Bucks are superior to the Bulls. That's what stood out to me. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, pretty well documented at this point. Yeah. But 
Yeah. Um, I want to give credit to Javon Carter. He started the game three for three from the three-point line in the first quarter. And I want to give you some credit because last week you called out Brooke Lopez for making floaters. That's something that isn't really like widely known with his game. And he made a couple in the first quarter. So I wanted to give you credit for pointing that out last week. Um, one thing that really stood out to me early in the game was that the Bucks made substitutions and Jay Crowder and Joe Ingles uh, came in and the Bucks didn't miss a beat. Mm. Um, right away, Joe Ingles hit a three, was making good passes, Javon Carter playing a uh, high brand of defense. Um, second quarter, I liked seeing Giannis, despite not being uh, playing in the game, still being very active and coaching up A.J. Green on the sideline. I liked seeing that from Giannis mm-hmm. uh, passing on, you know, his basketball IQ, something that's really grown from him over the last few years. Yes, sir. Um, the Bulls did take their first lead 50, uh, 41 to 40 with just under five, sorry, just under four minutes left in the first half. Um, right out of that timeout, whole bunch of ball movement. Everybody touches the ball and it ends in a Drew Holiday three as the shot clock expires. That's mm. That's just winning basketball right out of there. Um, Tim said kicking Chicago out of the playoffs two years in a row would be awesome. I am down. I mean, you're not going to hear a complaint from me. You hear me give Chicago shit all the time. Um, (laughs) The Bulls did outscore the Bucks 30 to 21 in the second quarter, led like mainly by Nikola Vucevic. What I do want to point out: Demar Derozan and Zach Levine first half. Zach Levine five points. Demar Derozan zero points. Yep. They were combined two for 12 from the field. <laughs> Bobby Portis had 16 and seven at halftime. Drew Holiday had 11, seven assists and four rebound at halftime. Um, the Bucks assisted on all 11 of their field goals in the second quarter. God damn. Yeah. Jeez. So second half. Um, what I really took away from the beginning of the second half was that I want to see Drew Holiday being more aggressive with his shot selection when Giannis and Chris Middleton aren't on the floor with him. Uh, Early in the third quarter, he was settling for a lot of jump shots, and he doesn't have to. He's a guy who can bully basically anybody that's guarding him unless a team puts a forward on him. I agree. And even then, he still can sometimes. But it took two and a half minutes for for either team to score in the third quarter. Um, the Bulls did start the third quarter on a 10-2 to run and took a 10-point lead. And then Wesley Matthews took over on defense. Stripped DeMar DeRozan on a jump shot. That led to a Joe Ingles three. Um, next possession, Wesley Matthews caught the ball um, on the corner, made a great bounce pass to Brooke Lopez, and then Drew Holiday drove to the basket and scored. Dude, we're too good. <laughs> it's It's great team basketball honestly um mm-hmm. after that an offensive follow by demar Derozan, and then a three by bobby portis the bucks went down 10 and then rattled off a 15 to nothing run <laughs> um joe ingles hit a three to give the bucks 69 <laughs> and got a technical for trash talking patrick beverly bro that was play of, of the game all people you can get a technical for trash talking the ref really gave a technical for trash talking to Patrick Beverly. Really? Bro, he literally shot the ball and walked up to him while the ball was in the air. Like, how about that, mother? <laughs> like, bro, that's next level shit right there. 
<laughs> That's next level shit. Um, the Bulls went on a nine nothing run after that. Uh, Drew Holiday ended it with a step back three, and then Drake uh, Jay Crowder took over, clamping Demar Derozan for Wesley Matthews. So just the Marquette duo of Wesley Matthews and Jay Crowder. Demar Derozan had a long night. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was he was working his ass off. His first points were the two free throws that he made to open the fourth quarter. I'll tell you right now, he might have a long night tonight because the Raptors are huge. Yes, they are. the Raptors are enormous, so he might have trouble with that size. It might actually well. be a good basketball game. I might actually watch that after the show. I watched the Heat and Hawks. Was that last night? Yeah, that was yes. last night. I watched the Heat and Hawks last night. That was a pretty good game too. The Heat, there's just there's something wrong there, man. They're usually good, but they're not the same. So I don't think their perimeter defense is there. Yeah, they, it's just pretty much Jimmy and Bam, and that's their defense. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Hero still a liability for sure. Um, fourth quarter, Bucks were hitting threes. Javon Carter, Wesley Matthews, Bobby Portis got the Bucks lead up to 10. <laughs> I thought it was funny that Levine gets a foul and then he starts talking at Bobby Portis. Like, bro, Bobby Portis has more points than you do. Yeah. And then right after that, <laughs> he, the next things that happened was he missed the first free throw and then the Bucks scored. Zach Levine came down and tried to pull up like a rhythm dribble three in transition and he bricked it. And then after that, he was done. <laughs> like Zach Levine tried to have like a signature moment and it did not go his way. You see what the problem is, is every guy that makes it to the league, they think, you know, there's a saying out there that the kids say, and they say he is him, right? Zach Levine is not him. He could jump like the other hymns. He could shoot sometimes like the other hymns, but he ain't put it all together to be him. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Should we um, answer this question from Bulls Tim only scored quick? 16 points. Uh, I was going to finish the Bulls game and then we'll talk oh, about okay. it. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I'm almost done. I promise. Uh, Bulls only scored 16 points in the fourth quarter in a game that was 79-76 at the end of the third. So the Bulls kind of really just folded in the last 12 minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, Bobby Goldfish, as I like to call him now, 27 points and 13 rebounds. He was 9 of 18 from the field, 6 of 9 from the three-point line, and 3 for 3 from the free throw line. It's a pretty damn good game. <laughs> uh, Brooke Lopez, it's crazy that, that he does this quietly to score yeah, 26 points and 7 rebounds. And he scored those 26 points without making a three. Mm. Yeah. That's big time. That's that's a big time. Uh, nice. Drew Holiday, 20 points, uh, tied his season high 15 assists and eight rebounds. Uh, Javon Carter, 16 points. Uh, Wesley Matthews, seven points, all in the fourth quarter when we needed him the most. Eight rebounds, one steal, one block. Um, mm -hmm. I liked, I liked hearing Wesley Matthews talk after the game because, um, he was asked like where his motor comes from. Mm -hmm. And he said that his mom told him, um, to, um, that there's many, like many ways to make an impact and to do it by any means necessary. It's a great mindset to have in life. And I basketball. love that. Mm -hmm. Love it. 
And it makes sense that Wesley Matthews is who he is based on that. Um, my last thought on the Bulls game, the Bulls game gave Brooke Lopez 26 games of 20 or more points this season. He's only had 20 in his previous four seasons as a buck. Yeah, that's a disgusting stat. You you couldn't even wait till Wednesday. I to couldn't. Tell me no, that. I couldn't wait. I had to tell you that one right away. <laughs> that, that is disgusting. That's amazing that Brooke Lopez has as many twenty point games this year as he has in the previous. Four. I'll tell you I mean, what. Last year he played like three games, but still. Yeah. Um. The GM John Horse and the collective owners of the Milwaukee Bucks are going to have to get a lot of money shoveled out this offseason. Because Brooke Lopez is due for, for a contract. Pretty soon we have to re-sign Chris. We have to make sure we keep a couple other people. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into that more in the offseason after we win our second title in three years. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I think the Bucks might be okay. Think so? I think they'll do Brooke. I think they'll do Brooke for like a two, two for thirty. And I okay. think Chris is gonna opt into his player option. Okay. Well and if try that... to play on like a prove it kind of deal next year and try to get paid the following year. Okay, I mean, I don't think he if he hit open market right now, I don't think he's getting more than the 40 that he's going to make on his player yeah, option. Yeah. So I think he's going to opt into that and then the Bucks can wait until the 2024-2025 season to make a decision on Chris. Well, as long as Chris, hey, if 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 the guys in the final year of their contract are going to go crazy like a Brook Lopez, I'm here for Chris Middleton next year going yeah. absolutely bonkers having a bunch of 40 point games, dude. For sure. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> So Chris asked, or sorry, Tim asked the question, what do you think of Rudy Gobert being suspended? He thinks it was some BS. I think it's one of those things where you kind of have to make an example of him. You know, I don't necessarily think that it's, you know, uh, super indicative of Rudy Gobert's character because obviously he came out and apologized right away, but um, I don't think it's something you can just let slide. Um Draymond Green can straight up knock a guy out and not get suspended. It being in practice shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. And that's that's all dependent on, on what type of culture you have. Whereas Golden State has a much stronger culture than Minnesota currently does. So that's that's a team by team basis kind of thing. You know, I don't think we're in a situation where it's ever gonna happen in a Bucks practice, but you know, if somebody in the Bucks does it, the Bucks are a much stronger culture than Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So I think Minnesota is kind of setting an example of what they want their culture to be going forward. So now that you brought Draymond Green, that uh, makes me think of some some things here. First of all, I think the two situations are completely different. Um, the NBA, uh, Adam Silver is a, a he's a you know good leader. And he's not gonna he's not gonna do some some BS in my opinion. So he definitely went in there. He found out the situation happening with Golden State, and he's taking it by you know situation by situation basis. And the stuff that was said, you know, with between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, I mean, that came out a little bit. They probably deemed like, okay, both guys got out what they needed to get out. If you guys promise that you guys are gonna be good from now on, you know, we'll just let this slide. We'll let it be an incident that happened, right? And I'm okay with that. If two grown men are talking, eventually something's going to happen, right? There's just too much testosterone going on between two people for somebody not to throw a punch. And with Rudy Gobert, he should get suspended one game simply for that weak-ass punch. That's all I'm going to say about that. Did okay? you see what Chuck said about it? <laughs> yes, bro. He said, <laughs> he said, you can't punch somebody and back up. And I agree. 
That was, yeah, that was. If you're going to punch somebody and you are seven foot, whatever, two, three, whatever, you're a three time defensive player of the year, right? So when you talk about defense, you talk about intimidation, you know, intensity. That's what I think of with defense, right? And that's what I think of with Brooke Lopez. He intimidates people to come in the paint and he's intense, you know, guarding the rim. And when you're a guy that's a three time defensive player of the year and that's the punch you throw, and then you back up. They should take one of his defensive player of the years away. <laughs> he should get suspended for an entire season. And minus three to his 2K rating. <laughs> minus <laughs> minus six to his block rating on 2K. <laughs> That's what I think. Because <laughs> uh, damn, that funny. shit was weak, bro. All right. So give me your thoughts real quick. Anything you wanted to say about the Bucks and the Grizzlies game besides the starters, um, or should I say the reserves outscoring the Grizzlies starters in the first half? Uh, no, nothing other than that. That was impressive. <laughs> um, my main thing that I wanted to highlight was Jay Crowder scoring 24 points in 24 minutes on 10 of 12 shooting and four or five behind the three-point line. I do have one thing to add. The West is not better than the East. The end. It's not. Yeah, it's really it's, not. It, it's not. Um. One thing I will say is that this game showed me that Marjan Bochamp does still have some work to do on his defensive positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's I think he's got time to grow. I don't think the Bucks need to rush his development along. I think they can take their time developing Marjan. Um, same thing, Raptors game. Um, basically, seeing Crowder and Bobby Portis being efficient, and then depth guys getting some extra run, maybe getting some confidence from some playing time. That's that's really what I have to take away from this. Um, uh, some yeah. some nasty dunks. Just you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, the Bucks were really just coasting to the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't want to assume anything, but I don't think that the coaches or the players were really bought into getting some W's the last two games. Like, boys, let's go out there. Let's play forty-eight minutes of competitive basketball. Everybody stays healthy. We get back on the airplane back to Milwaukee, and yep. we're good to go. Um, yep. It was good, uh, like you said, some bench players. But uh, who the heck am I thinking of? Oh, my God, we have so many players that play. Goran Dragic to uh, get some some good minutes, I think, in a Bucks jersey. Um, get familiar with some people, some positioning, get his touch back a little bit. I think that's good for him to get some good run. Hey, hey, Tim's stealing my stuff here. Tries to get some playing time, see? We're on the same wavelength, man. I, I agree. I think that was good for Drogic to get a lot of playing time. When I was watching that, I was like, this is good for Goron. Goron, I hit send as you said it. Um, he might be put in some situations if if Drew gets into a couple fouls and they don't like the matchup with Javon Carter. I mean, they could he could go to Goran Drogic. Well, I mean, we had one, one of the Hawks games in the Eastern Conference Finals when Jeff Teague scored 10 points. Yeah. We could get a game like that out of Goran Dragic. Just a game where he just has eight points and three assists, and he just helps us win. And he's a he's a good – like, when he's right, he is a good shot maker when he's in rhythm, and he's a great playmaker setting others mm-hmm. up. Um, he can he can cr- kind of create his own pace within the, within the pace of the game. So I think that's important for him to to get in. Ah, man, if, if we get him going, dude. <laughs> it's almost he's laughable a- at this point, man. He's he's a smart player too, and he's got lots of experience. He yeah, and and something that we're not talking about that I'm just thinking of as I'm spitballing here is he's a guy you know 
he's a veteran, right? Like yep. I said, lots of playoff experience. He's a guy that can manipulate some fouls, you know, in, in that Boston sure. series if we need him to. So, you know, a guy like Peyton Pritchard that just decides to turn into freaking Allen Iverson against us for some reason. Um, yeah, he could manipulate some fouls, get some fouls on him, make him work on defense a little bit. I think that would be yeah. key. All right. Anything else you want to say about the end of the regular season? Um, no. <laughs> it All came right. to an end last Wednesday. That's 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 what I think. That's, it really did. That's I agree with you. So we're going to check in on some of our Bucks preseason notes, uh, some of our Bucks primer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, go back and look at the the threat level of the Eastern Conference teams that we looked at. Uh, you had three. I had three. We did a one through ten threat level on some Eastern Conference teams. Yeah. Uh, I had the Bulls at a four. I had the Heat at a five. And I had the Celtics at a seven. So if I had to do anything to those three, I'd probably move the Bulls down to a two, the Heat probably down to a four, and I'd probably move the Celtics up to an eight or nine. Well, I had uh, three interesting teams, in my opinion. So I had the Brooklyn Nets uh, with uh, two very good players on the roster at that point (laughs) as an eight. Um, Just because, you know, the playoffs is all about, you know, less possession, star players, shot makers, shot takers. And the Nets had two really, really good ones at one point. So I had them as an eight. Um, I'm just going to go one by one. I'll move them down, up and down. Um, I would move them down to a number. Uh, this is no disrespect. They have some good young players, but they're just – they're not ready yet. I would probably move them down to like a four, to be completely honest with you. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say was four. Yeah. Amari um, Snowden, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I had the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers, I wrote, they're young and hungry and talented, and that is all true. Uh, they are. They have an absolute superstar. I am ready to call Donovan Mitchell a superstar. He has succeeded in two places now. Yep. And I got a they're number still young. on my hands. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're still young, though. So I had them at, at a seven. Oh, you'd move them down to a six. I think, yeah, I'm going to agree with a six. I was going to say five, but I'll agree with a six. I'm not Evan worried Mobley, about them Evan Mobley is not ready for playoff Giannis. And let's be honest. I mean, Allen is a good player, but he's more of a depth guy, in my opinion, in the playoffs than a starter. He's not ready for this version of Brooke Lopez. Lopez will eat him. Yeah. It will be over fast. So the Cavaliers, as they are young and they are hungry, they're going to stay hungry for a few years. So no offense. And then I had the 76ers. And I put – this is basically just because of Joel Embiid because he's really good and I actually respect him, his game, to a point. I don't like the flopping, and I think that he's a shit rebounder for being almost 300 pounds. He, If he was a better rebounder – there's an argument for him being as good as Giannis. But him being 40 pounds heavier than Giannis, and Giannis dominates defensive boards like nobody's business, is fucking ridiculous in my opinion. I'm sorry if that's, like, hardcore, but no way you're almost 300 pounds in this era of long, skinny dudes, and you're getting tossed around. No, I ain't here for it. So, yeah. anyways, I have them as a threat level of five. They still both choke in the playoffs. And Beat's still a crier. I don't know if Harden has any other emotion other than whining to the refs. So I'm going to leave them at a five. I am absolutely not worried about the 76ers. Not mad at it. They, they just they, – they don't scare me. 
The only thing they, that scares me is the Celtics. They don't have nearly the depth that the Bucks have either. Like, Georges Niang and Bobby Portis are not on the same level. Imagine if one of them gets in foul trouble. They're done. They're absolutely yeah. done. Their one play is James Harden and Embiid pick and roll. After that, it's over. It's done after that. You're going to yeah. shoot a corner three with P.J. Tucker? Congratulations. You just wasted a possession. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Tyrese yeah. Maxey's a nice player, too, but he's, Drew Holiday's nice. going to bully his little ass, dude. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So what was your what was your record prediction for the Bucks? They finished fifty eight and twenty four. What did you have for their record prediction? This is crazy. I I have I have your record prediction. I wrote fifty five and twenty seven. Ooh, I had him at fifty six and twenty six. Yeah. Um. I had road games on the West Coast, second half of back to backs. Um, only one in October, one in November, one in December. Then they had two in January. One in February, four back-to-backs in March, which is ridiculous, yeah. and one back-to-back in April. So yeah. I had the Bucks at fifty-six and twenty-six. We were close. I remember being like, "Holy crap, dude! We're, we're within one, dude!" Yeah. <laughs> and before this year, the Bucks didn't give a shit about home, home court advantage, and now apparently it's the most important thing in the world. So I had the Bucks originally pegged as a three seed. So did I. I had three seed. Who did I you have ahead of them? The Sixers and Celtics is the only teams that matter. Oh, I really had the Sixers and Miami. So I apparently way overrated Miami. Holy I thought they were a good regular season team. Man, he kind of literally what I have way. written. I said, I don't feel they got better this offseason. Their biggest move was extending Hero will be a good regular season team. They said, they said you know what? We're struggling. We're going to add a 35-year-old Kevin Love. That'll answer all of our problems. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to say about the Bucks? Um, I don't know if you want to revisit any of your bold predictions or. No, no, I'm good to go. My bold predictions were if the Bucks had Joe Ingles in the absence of Chris Middleton, they advance in the playoffs. He makes a difference in the second unit. I still feel that way. I had Drew Holiday wins DPOY. I don't think that one's going to happen. But he's probably still going to be first team all NBA defense. And then my last one was Bobby Portis finally wins sixth man of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll see on that one. I had a bunch of Chris Middleton stuff, so I feel like uh, I get a pass because he was injured. Yeah, that's fair. All right. You ready to move on? Oh, dude, I'm so ready for this. Let's go. Let's All right. Go. We're going to bring in Mike, and we are very excited to welcome Amari Snowden into the show. Fresh out of baseball practice, it looks like. <laughs> Still got the shades on and everything. What's so, going on, man? What's going on? Oh, wow. Doing good. Doing good. Busy throwing dudes out at home from center field, I bet. Yeah, I, we had our practices. It's like, it's like crazy, honestly. Like, it's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So, before we get into the football and even the baseball talk, I got to ask you a basketball question, right? So, I'm wondering, who is your pick to win the NBA title and why? Oh, Okay, so like, all right, I like LeBron James. I think he's the best player. But you know, since I've been a move to Madison, Wisconsin, you know, we close to, you know, Milwaukee. So it's just like, you know, I, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. You know, I'm spending, I spend my next four to five years, you know, at Madison. You know, that's the closest team. So it's just like, it, it's, I don't know, man. You know, I gotta pick, I gotta pick Madison for real. 
I had a feeling you were a LeBron guy. I had a feeling. I knew it. I was like, I looked at your photo. I was like, this is a LeBron video. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we got to know, since you were committed to Cincinnati and now to Wisconsin, like, we got to know what your first impression of Luke Fickle was. Yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, when they offered me, you know, I had to go through the whole process. It wasn't just like a, you know, offer just start off a film. You know, they see my film. You know, they Coach Perry Eliano, he's at Ohio State right now. And, you uh, know, Coach Fick, you know, uh, Coach Fick took my inbox and was just, you know, was just telling me, like, you know, well, I'm a long athletic, athletic kid, you know, um, you know, wants you to, you know, come down to camp, you know. And for me, as a kid, you know, that was kind of, that would be exciting, honestly, you know, the head coach texting you. Um, then Perry Eliano, he, he hit me up, and, you know, we built our relationship from there. And, you know, Coach Fickle, he, he, have, a, he have a strong relationship with my brothers, with, like, you know, everybody in my family. So he's big on relationship, and, you know, that's what I want to be a part of. You know, he he likes to win. He's a winner. You know, he got the resume that shows that he's a winner. So he's just like, who don't want to be a part of that? That's all. That's different than some of the answers we've gotten some from some other guys. So I like that. Yeah, me too. So we we did touch base. You were originally committed to Cincinnati, and not only that, but you were a big priority for the Jim Leonard, Paul Chris when they were at Wisconsin too. But you did commit to Cincinnati, not only play wanting to play football, but baseball as well. So and then all of this goes down. Eventually, you end up back at, at back, not back at Wisconsin, but to Wisconsin. Would you say that was cousin Coach Vic, or what? What played a part into you know ending up in Madison? Yeah, you know, honestly, oh, Wisconsin was previously on my top six before you know I originally originally committed to you know Cincinnati. You know, I just felt that uh, I didn't pick Wisconsin because I didn't fit the defense uh, primarily. You know, they DBs at the time was you know five nine, five ten. You know, I'm six three, six two DB. You know, so I just picked the best school that fits me. You know. Academically, you know, I can live there for the next four years, three to four years, you know, and it does the defense fit me, you know. So, you know, that that came down to all, you know, what my heart was, you know, talk to my to my family about that. And, you know, I, I've, you know, just just love Cincinnati. I love Cincinnati. But now that, you know, Coach Fickle played a big part of me, you know, making a transition over to Cincinnati, to Wisconsin, you know, that, you know, that man can recruit. Just you know him and Mike Trussell can recruit, you know. They didn't fill me with a bunch of BS. They told me the truth. They wanted me to, you know, come in and make an impact as a true freshman. And, you know, I took that wholeheartedly, you know, and I'm going to run with it. All right. So what swayed you to Wisconsin versus, like, a Colorado who now has a Deion Sanders and the rest of your top five? What, what was more attractive about, about the Badgers? Coach, Coach Fick, you know, Coach Fick. Um, <laughs> Coach Fick, like. He, he's that dude. And, you know, as you build a relationship with him, you'll see that he's genuine. Like, his love is – he like, he cares for his kids. He's not just a, a bunch of BS, you know. Coach Mike Trussell was the defensive coordinator. Uh, he can recruit as well. Like, the relationships and bonds that we have with each, with, each, with each other is crazy, you know. You know, they always check up on me, whether it's for football, baseball, basketball, any sport, you know. They just show love and, you know, they show that they care. So, All what right, was well, recruitment – well, yeah, that's awesome. Um, we're wondering what was your recruitment process like? Like, how many you know did you do visits and and meetings with players and coaches and and the school? What was the recruitment process like? It was it was kind of it was crazy, honestly. Um, 
it was real crazy because I was getting recruited for both baseball and football. So that that aspect was it was wild. You know, I'm taking I was I wasn't taking so many visits. You know, um, my uh, high school football coach was my dad. He put a lot of people in college, so he knew what he was doing. So I just put my trust in him. Uh, you know, the visits is just you know you get a lot of camp invites, you get a lot of visit invites. You know, it's either you want to just go take visit pictures, go take go to visits, take pictures, or you want to actually go to the school and know about it, see about it and stuff like that. I didn't take that many visits. You know, I took visits to the schools that I was very interested in. You know, I had God bless me with 43 offers, and you know, I mean that was just a blessing. I wasn't about to go to 43 schools. That's just. That was a real answer, and I respect it. <laughs> yeah, straight from the heart. Um, yeah, even backtracking now, we we know you're a multi-sport athlete. So, I mean, going back to when you first started playing into sports, like who was your inspiration for whether it was football, baseball, basketball? Just when you were getting started, who would you say is the inspiration? Who do you look up to? Um, so, you know, so, um, now relative, I always look up at uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Jackie Robinson, and relative, you know. Uh, rest in peace, my granddad and my uh, my dad. You know they play big parts, and you know me playing both. You know my granddad loves baseball. My dad is a sports fanatic. You know, so that just that that them alone just you know just made it all happen. You know, work I worked my tail off ever since I was about like four, and you know it was just because of them. I love that. I'm hoping one day uh, you'll be able to help me with my stepson's recruitment because I'm trying to get him on your same train. So, oh, no, nah, he, he got it. Why? We'll, we'll work with him. Oh, hey, I know he's got it. I just got to get it up here on him, man. He's almost there, though. He's getting there. He's only 10, so we got time. So we were, we were wondering about your baseball career. Um, what has been some of your highlights in your baseball career? And I see that you batted 400 as well, so you can rake. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm really pushing as soon as my I get to Wisconsin. You know, I get the gist of, you know, filling out everywhere. I promise to God, about like two, three weeks in after I move in, I am going to our athletic director. I'm going to our president. Whoever I got to get to to, you know, ultimately get a baseball team. Uh, yes. I'm That's the awesome. I'm going to miss playing baseball, you know, uh, you know, just you know, and Coach Fickle, and that was the one thing I, I like to call about about Coach Fickle. He let me when that since he was going to allow me to play both. Uh, he was going to allow me to play both, and you know he was down with it. And mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it's hard to let it go, but I promise to God, as soon as I get there, that's going to be my first mission is to get to somebody about <laughs> this baseball because I need to play baseball. That's awesome. Hey, we're on. We board. start tweeting at Macintosh right now, boys. I'm telling you, we, we'll, <laughs> we got to get the train. We got to get the train rolling on that. Let's get it. Um, so there's there's been a lot of debate on this, and there's it seems like lots of pros and cons. But do you think it's important for kids to play multiple sports? Most definitely, most most definitely. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, so for me, I'm a baseball guy, football guy, but you know, and I, I hoop a little bit. But um, a lot of coaches was testing my speed, you know, and guys that, and I always tell guys that actually can play baseball and can actually play football, I tell them that your offseason, it should just be getting bigger, faster, stronger, probably getting faster because you can't run track, you know. And, you know, a lot of people question my speed, but I kid you not that I I, I am fast due to my trainer, uh, Chris Huff, you know, due to him and uh, Robert Porter, my trainers, you know, getting me bigger and faster. Like, all 
all glory go to them. But man, just it, it is because some things like in baseball, handout coordination can translate to football. Football hips can translate to baseball, tracking down a fly ball. You know, you know, handout court, like I said, handout coordination, yep. that all is all into one. Then, you know, you can do that, man. Like, you'll be fine. Like, track, like, everybody want to run track. And. Oh. Oh. I think my main, my main uh, inspiration for that question was, I think it was Kobe Bryant was the first person to be really vocal about it. Uh-huh. Um, was that playing different sports, it works different muscle groups that you don't use when you're constantly playing the same sport. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, like, you look, oh, I was gonna, I was just going to chime in real quick. And like, Vic, he, he loves wrestling, right? He loves bringing in wrestlers. He's made that. You know, clear since he started as well. So, like with that multi-sport athlete, I mean, heck, I we grew up in a small town where they absolutely wanted you to try every single thing. So, not to compare because Amar is a D one one athlete, of course, not like us. But I think I think it's like the great. I think it's absolutely all for it because you know different muscle groups, especially, um, and just getting a variation and then finding out what you do like. And I mean, it's it's awesome at the end of the day. Yeah. So. I guess for me, I have a different perspective than you guys. Um, I'm the only one with a son. So I see my son play all these sports. I see him play football and I see him, I watch him play baseball all summer long, you know, with, with our neighbors and I see his hand-eye coordination getting better. And then when he gets to football, the hand-eye coordination translates when he's on defense. And I was going to say that to Amari. I was like, that, that, that hand-eye coordination definitely translates to you being a corner um, mm-hmm. because you now you can track the ball better, you know, and, I believe he's an outfielder. It said he also is a pitcher. So I was going to ask him what kind of what pitches he's got in his repertoire. So uh, once yeah. we get him back, I'm definitely going to ask him that. But then my my son plays basketball, and I believe that basketball, you know, again, you know, helps with the hand eye coordination, which is very key. It, it makes you think on the fly because basketball is a little bit of a faster sport, and mm-hmm. you you work on that agility. You get you get faster with agility in basketball, in my opinion. You deal with a little bit of contact where you don't in baseball and Obviously, football is a big-time contact sport. So I think playing all of them is great. Um, honestly, and this might sound crazy to you guys, I wish I can get my son in some karate or something like that so he can get better body control because I feel like people that are in karate have insane body control. So I feel like that's something I would love to do for him. But I don't know if I want him to know how to do a chokehold. <laughs> yeah, because you'll be, be, be screwed in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, you got that on lockdown. Dude, I wrestle with him all the time. We play video games all the time. We're outside. You know, we're, we we play pimp because he, he doesn't want to play pig. He's like, I don't want to get called a pig. I was like, all right, I'll call you a pimp then. So we play pimp. And uh, I beat him in everything. And I'm like, I tell him all the time when I beat him, you know, I'll have like three letters and I'll beat him. And I'm like, Aiden, I'm just going to enjoy these last couple of years of me beating you in, in video games and athletic, athletic stuff. Because as soon as you hit middle school, and you start hitting that growth spurt, that second growth spurt that you're going to hit, it's over for me because you're already faster than me. You're, I'm giving you yeah. my brain. So now you're athletically and you're as smart as me, and it's over for me after that. So in two more years, I will be a sad human being. <laughs> so don't put him in karate then is what, what you're saying, is what you're no, saying at, the, at the end of the day. <laughs> nah, I want him to succeed, and he's a great kid, and I yeah. really believe that we have an opportunity for him to be an Amari Snowden at some point. I really do. So, out of the first well, seven questions that we've asked them so far, what what to you guys like has stood out so far? Some some of the stuff that we've asked them. Mikey, go ahead, buddy. He can 
he can see he can see past the the bullshit. Yeah, I, I think at the end, I, I'm willing to bet in like his recruiting process. Uh, he was able to you know see it past like all right, who's selling him on you know just straight BS and who's actually giving him like the you know the you know the stuff that he's looking for. He seems like a very straight straight shooter for sure, which is you know which you love to see out of a kid. So that was my first impression. I would say that's what I took out of it. First impression. Tyler, you can go ahead and answer, and then I'll answer. So, like, I think the first four questions we asked, like, he just kept bringing up that it's the relationships that that the coaching staff is building with him. So that's mm-hmm. definitely stood out to me so far. So uh, we got him back, and uh, yeah, Mike. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what just happened with my phone. Like, <laughs> All right, I was and it was just crazy. Hey, man, technology is great till it doesn't work. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So. What I mean, we've been talking about like sports this whole time. I mean, what what do you like to do outside of playing sports, football, basketball, baseball? What else, what do you like doing on your on your free time besides that? I'm kind of um, I'm kind of lame when it comes to like going out, like having fun. I honestly just just sit in my room all day and watch college baseball. Like honestly, like that's what I do. Or unless like our school have like a, a football or a sporting or a sporting event, that's I'll probably go to that. But Anything goes, nah, you won't see Amari stuff in there. <laughs> that is impressive. You have a very yeah. good head on your shoulders. I'm going to tell you that right now. You are an impressive young man. Thank you. So, cornerback is perceived to be a thinner position group for the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, are you going in with the confidence and the mentality that you're going to make an impact year one? Yes, yes. Like, um, that's been my mentality since I signed. You know, I let it mm-hmm. – I let Coach Tresno, know. I let Coach Hitchler know at the time that was that that was talking to me, which is our safety coach right now, because uh, we didn't have a DB coach at the time. And I told Coach Fick, like, I'm I'm grinding right now. You know, I, I'm mad that I couldn't early enroll, you know, do the baseball. But, you know, when I get there, I'm competing every time I step on the field. And my mindset, my mentality is I'm going to start as a freshman, you know. Um a couple of days ago, I, I was sick. I was throwing up, and I, I work out 5:30 every morning. And I was texting my dad like, "Dad, I can't drive. Like, I can't do it, or whatever." He told me. I told him lay back down. And then he look up on social media. I'm working out. It's just like I'm on a mission. It's like I gotta get there. It's like I have to. It's not no if ands. No, I have to get there and make an impact. Help my team um, win more games than we did last year. Uh, you know, compete for the national title. Oh, you're getting so it ready. sounds like you kind I'm of ready. gave an insight yeah. to this question a little bit already. <laughs> but what are some of your goals for your first year program? Well, it's always my first goal is to be on the um to, to academics first. You know, uh, we do like an academic academic leaders of the week or all American leaders of the week academically. You know, first I want to make that uh, that's that's my first goal. My second goal is to be on the field and compete. Um, compete against. I want to compete against C.J. Williams. I want to um, compete against Quincy. We got transferred from Cincy. Like I want to compete against those guys. See where I'm at. You know, coming in and you know if I'm competing with them guys, I'm in good shape. You know, but I want to get on the field early. Like I like I said, I want to just, I want to get compete. I want to play. I want to play early. You know, I love the game of football. I don't want to compete and make an impact early. We gotta get this guy to Madison ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay for your ticket, bro. Yeah. So I have a I, I have a hunch what you might say on this, but what would you say? Like, what teams are you looking forward to play? Who are you looking forward to playing against? And what stadiums are you looking forward to playing in? 
uh, when you start your college career? Oh, I'm really, I'm looking to all of them, you know, just being an incoming freshman, you know, it's going to be crazy seeing all these people uh, sitting in the stadium, it's going to be loud and chirpy. But I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that, to that Iowa game, um, the Illinois mm. game for sure. I, I really, uh, uh, I'm really upset that we're not playing Michigan or Michigan State this year. Um, yeah. But I'm really looking forward to Iowa, uh, Illinois, Purdue. You know, I'm looking those games. You know, uh, it's going to be hype, uh, rowdy. You know, but them are you know three top games that I'm really looking forward to playing, playing against. And I really actually can't wait to play in our stadium. Uh, I can't wait to jump around. Uh, it's going to be pretty lit. You know, I just, yeah. I just, I just, I just, just want to play. Honestly, that's 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 really it. Wow. I thought I'm gonna. I was gonna address one more thing. I thought so. Amari, he he committed to Wisconsin like right around the end of December, and he was doing a an interview with the Badger Extra article. And I loved your comment when you said, you know, like, is there one thing you wanted to say? He and you were you stated that just know that Michigan and Michigan State, I'm coming. You'll feel yeah. me for the next four years. I got so jacked up when I was researching you before and I read that. I'm like, oh my god. Get this to it. Like I, I'm ready to see you just tear it up against the Michigan teams for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah, I I can't um them games, that them two games, I'm taking, you know, kinda I'm taking kind of personal, uh, you know. But I'm I told myself, you know, when we play them or if we play them, I'm not going to just think about me. You know, I'm um I'm gonna play the game the right way, I'm not gonna play dirty, but this them them games, them specific two games, I'm taking personal. Um I don't care what nobody say. I'm the best DB in the state of Michigan and in the bet on the best DB in the Midwest. And, you know, it's kind of stopping my face not to get, you know, offers by them guys, you know, and I'm never doing a chase offers because I was getting recruited by the base, both of baseball teams, but I'm never, you know, chasing offers, but just to, just to not get offered by them too. You know, I met with Jim Harbaugh, Ron Bellamy from Michigan, uh, Corey Hawkins, Mel Tucker, you know, sit and talk with them and just, just not to get off from them. Um, was really stopping my face, but who cares about them? Uh, I don't really care about them. <laughs> Honestly, don't care. I'm um, happy to be a Wisconsin Badger. Hey, we uh, are happy that you are a Wisconsin Badger as well. So we have kind of a hard-hitting question uh, outside of sports. Uh, we want to know how do you take care of your mental health, although I am not worried after listening to you talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, just get um, – it, get, it can bother you. It can bother me a little bit. But uh, I thank my dad. Man, my dad taught me so much as far as, like, yeah. mental health, you know. Uh, it's just it's a lot, you know. I live in Roseville, um, pretty big community, but everybody know everybody. Like, we're the, I'm the only high school in in Roseville. Like, it's just, like, everybody know everybody. Everybody know you. So, you know, you get, you know, you get – that you know, everybody just say hi to Mark, take a picture, just this and that. Then on the other side of it, just like you know, a lot of Cincinnati fans flooded my DMs and flooded my inboxes on Twitter. You're a bum, you suck, you're you, you know, just this, this and that. And you know, you know, sometimes you just you, you can't read those things, man. You got to keep it pushing at the end of the day. You got to do what's best for you and your family. Hey, man, you'll be the one laughing with the national championship next to Coach Fick, man. So don't even worry about none of that. Hey, <laughs> boy. All right, so we wanted to end it off. Well, can you say it again? Different... Oh, go ahead, Jake. Oh, I was going to say, you'll be the one laughing with the national championship next to Coach Fickle, so don't worry about none of that, man. 
Oh yeah, we we ready. We here. Oh, we ready. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to end it off. The last thing we wanted to ask you is if there's anything you want Badgers fans to know about you, or if there's anything you'd like to say to Badger Nation, to Badger fans about you. I'm gonna play with swag. I'm gonna play with confidence. Um, uh, I'm gonna play the game how it's supposed to be played. You know, I'm always respect the game. Um, you know, that's that's all I really have. You know, we're gonna bring. As a team, nah, this is from a team standpoint. Uh, we're gonna bring a lot of energy, you know. We're gonna play, we're gonna play nasty, we're gonna play with tough, but you know, you know, we just gonna we gonna win a lot of games, man. None of that that all love to Paul Crispin, uh Coach Leonard, no, but you know, we're gonna bring some some energy. We're gonna be electric, like we're gonna play fast, we're gonna play physical, like we we're gonna have our, our stadium rocking every single week we play at home. Like, you know, Coach Pick. Probably one of the hypest head coaches I know. Then, you know, his buddy Mike Tress, this he bring this ball of energy, and you know, we're gonna bring that to the table. Like, we're gonna win a lot of games, like I said, man. And you know, I'm just happy that we recruited who we got, and you know, we got some some stars. And though know, the biggest one, everybody, you know, we got CJ Williams, and he's a dog. Like that, that this this game, guys like that, just you know, knows that we go we go trans over and be better than we was previous years. I'll tell you this, Badgers fans travel really, really well. So it'll be loud at away games as well. And I'm, I expect Tanner Mordecai to be in the Badger record books by the end of the season. So, yeah, so I really yeah. do expect that. So I got to ask a question. So this is next Saturday. I know all three of us are going to be there. But are you going to the launch by chance next week? Oh, so we was talking about that and, you know, talking to my dad and them, man, you know, we will be there if we go be there. And, you know, I just, I can't wait, 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 wait to come back down. You know, I was there for spring practice. You know, baseball schedule is holding me tight, but, you know, we got to off, we, we off that week, well, not that week, but that day. And, you know, we're going to try to make it down. Can, can I, can I get a W real quick, my man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. I'm ready, dude. You're you're a fantastic kid. Uh, I want to I want to give a shout out to your dad as well. Uh, your dad has your head on right. He coached you up. Um, he has you saying the right things, thinking the right way. And I am honest, God, I am impressed. Appreciate you. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us. It's it's really cool that we get to to talk to, to guys like you that are coming into the program and get your insights on stuff. And yeah. like Jake said, I I agree with Jake. It's it's impressive that that you have this, the, the maturity of it going into being a college student and your focus is on, on, you know, doing the best for the team and for your academics and not, yeah. you know, I'm ready to go party. So I, I appreciate that about you as well. And, and kind of having the chip yeah. on your shoulder about the Michigan teams um, <laughs> and, and appreciate your answers. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. And it'd be, it'd be awesome to be able to have the chance to meet up with you at the launch if that's possible. But uh, yeah, I got you. Uh, most definitely. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, have a great day, buddy. Thanks, All right, y'all too. Thanks, Amari. Impressive kid. Impressive uh, young man, to say the least. I'm Holy not going to take a lot of time, but I'm going to save one. Th- save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
thing real quick. Coach Fickle. <laughs> Coach Fick is the fucking man, first of all. Okay. And the energy that he brings and the work ethic that he embodies is into his players that he brings into this program. So if nothing else, if, if, and I'm getting goosebumps saying this, if absolutely nothing else, you're going to get a bunch of kids that are going to work their fucking ass off. And I am ready, dude. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. That was awesome. Yeah. I thought like when he literally mentioned like bringing like the energy that completely resonates with what you're seeing in the articles that the reporters are talking about. Like, that's what I thought instantly. Like, in the first, like, seven, eight days, everyone keeps talking about the energy, the energy, the energy. So, it was, like, once he, like, addressed that himself, like, just now, it was like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, this is the future. This is what we're getting. Like, the energy is going to be there in practice. It seems like it's been a complete, no, again, any, any address, no offense to the former coaching regime that was there, but it just seems like, the energy level like consistently has like been a complete 180 in practice. So I thought that was so cool when, when he said that because that totally resonates with what we're what we're hearing from from so far from spring practices. Have you guys seen any of the mic'd up videos? I've seen a little bit of them. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. That I I can't wait for freaking August and September, dude. Like it, this Badgers football team is gonna be impressive this year. And this is only year one of Coach Fickle. Wait till he has a whole yeah. off season and a whole season to really digest everything. So yeah. I'm going to give the floor to Tyler real quick. Tyler, what you got, buddy? Yeah. For me, we've had now four Badgers on the show. So we've had Amari Snowden, we had Ricardo Hallman, we had Cole Crew, and we had CJ Getz. And the four answers that we've gotten from them on two things really stood out to me. So one being the the Luke Fickle question of what the, what their impression of Luke Fickle was is to me that the the massive boost of optimism that we got for the Badgers football program from the hiring of coach Fickle and people like Barry Alvarez saying that it's a home run hire and you know we're all the recruits that are flipping over and now we got the Luke Fickle bat signal going all that stuff to me is being kind of confirmed by the players we've had on the show mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. one Two is we've asked the question to all four of them about how they take care of their mental health, and we've gotten four different answers. That to me, that's that's important because that that tells me that even though we are doing a sports show, that we're trying to focus on optimism and positivity for for sports analysis and by extension to life, that it's not always a one size fits all solution. And this isn't the only way that you can take care of your mental health because there's four people who've given us four different answers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've gotten things, we've gotten confidence and positivity and not paying attention to social media. And Ricardo Holman said meditation. I mean, it's mm-hmm. different. It's, it's a, uh, an old, you know, weird quote, but it's different strokes for different folks. And it rings true to me, honestly, that stands out. Yeah, I agree with that. That was uh, was a great breakdown by you, buddy. That was good stuff. The mental health thing definitely, definitely caught me off guard. I I was uh, busy being starstruck and impressed that an 18 year old kid was thinking about academics first. A kid that athletic, a kid that good at every single thing that every ball that he picks up, he's good at. Right. Mm -hmm. And that that's 
that's the thing that a lot of parents, not just me, I just talk from my perspective, but that's the thing that a lot of parents struggle with, with their kids is getting them to focus on the academics. So when I, when he said that, I was like, Oh man, he's got a great dad. Like that was the first thing that resonated in my mind is like his dad is got him down the right path. And like, he is not budging. Like he knows like, this is what, this is what's for me. And I am honestly just impressed, but the mental health thing, that was a great catch, man. It's, it's interesting. Um, hearing like obviously you brought up that answer too but um the the ways that he's focused on things and you know like you said like the first thing he brings up is academics yeah and you know Mm -hmm. he's focused on on um he wants to get baseball back into madison i think that was right away that's something that people love to hear yeah but I think it's super relatable. Like Mike asked the question of who inspired your love of all the sports and it coming from his dad. I think that's something we can all pretty strongly relate to with, with our love of sports for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I definitely learned everything and all my love from my dad as well, man. I, I talk yeah. like my dad when I talk about sports sometimes, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I can remember, I mean, doing sports – watching sports on Sunday, watching the Packers, watching the Badgers on Saturday and playing catch at halftime. I remember one of my birthday presents when I was 17, I think. Um, My dad told me I could pick any one game to go to. And, you know, like the easy answer might have been to go to a Packer game. But I asked my dad, I'm like, can we go to a Marquette and a Bucks game in the same day? Oh, we did that. So we went to a Marquette game in the afternoon. We went to Major Goolsby's and then we went back and we went to the Bucks game that night. Like that's it's a good ass day, bro. Damn. Yeah, that was awesome. that day too. I'm pretty sure. So that's um nice. being at one of Giannis's very first triple doubles. Um we went to a game, it was 2017. Giannis led the Bucks in points, assists, rebounds, steals, and blocks. Saying oh. that against the Lakers. So we got to see that game. Like first time of many times he's done that for the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tons of brewer games and, and stuff like that. So I think we were all able to pretty easily relate to getting our love of sports from our dads. The last sports game I went to with my dad, it was my dad, my father-in-law, my son, and myself. We went to the Brewers game, playing the Cardinals, Daniel Vogelback walk-off grand slam. Oh, I that was yep, the last. I that was the last sports, like live sports game I've been to with my dad. I've been to a bunch of Badger football games. My dad doesn't like going to Packer games. He thinks it's uh highway robbery so he'd rather watch that on television but uh bucks games man i can't even tell you how many we went to because you remember they used to have the thing in the library where you could read a bunch of pages and you get yeah. a ticket and yeah man we went to so many of those and brewers games dude every all the time dude me and curtis you know yeah. we've been on the show me and curtis dude we went to so many brewers games with my dad and with i curtis remember with me and my dad we went to the the brewers on deck curtis came with us with yep. one of those like i remember uh whooping my dad's ass in basketball, me and Curtis, two-on-one, even when we were little shits. And my dad would Is say – Is that a good feeling like, when you do it for the first time? Oh, I, I took a lot of punishment. And, yeah, oh, my you, God. You're talking trash going to the house? Oh, clean up your room. What? Oh, my what? God. I took what? so much punishment. <laughs> like, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting my son. As soon as he beats me, I'm like, nah, go, go clean that up right now. Take like, the trash. I was the, I was a five six year old kid that would always go to my dad's basketball games when he was still playing, 
and I was the one that was like always shooting with the team and warm ups and stuff like that. Like I, I caught on to basketball like very, very quickly, just you know, through through that. And we would always play horse. We would always play oh my God, we played so much basketball against each other. And that moment when you just when you beat them for the first time, whether it's in a game or just one on one or something like that, it's oh my God. But granted, I took years and years of punishment from him, but I think he got a kick out of it, I'm pretty sure. But uh, no, the memories are always good. I would say if we're we're sharing real quick. So my dad got remarried in April 2015, right? Well, the day so happened to be the Wisconsin Kentucky game in the Final Four. Oh, so oh. I was able to share that moment with him. It was at Altona in New Holstein. Um, you know, the wedding was going on. We had a jam pack, two three two hundred people, I think at least, and um, you know, everyone just yelling and screaming while this game is go- going on in the in the dining room or whatever so in the bar area or whatever and uh you know i was able to share that moment with him on his you know wedding night so i would say as far as moments go that's got to be top for me oh, that's that's a day for your dad holy shit yeah <laughs> yeah i remember watching that game with my dad too i still remember his reaction when the bucks or fucking the bucks the badgers won that game but i was gonna say that i remember watching game six of the finals i watched that at my dad's house should, yeah. should I should I tell you my my dad's reaction to uh, the Badgers beating Kentucky? He sent Absolutely. laughing emojis and then a middle finger and then Kentucky. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> that's prime Pat Net. My you know dad, Pat Net, that's prime Pat Net. My dad chanted thirty eight and one like six times. Oh man, I can't believe we should that. do a segment on the reactions of people after they we won that game. Now that we're we literally you know got what? like three good ones right here. You know what? <laughs> We should do a segment of the craziest like games that we've seen in Wisconsin sports history because, you know, one one of the last games I watched, you know, when I live, I still lived with my dad, um, was the Aaron Rodgers bomb uh, against the Lions, and I remember we both were like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed because we thought the Packers were gonna lose, and we're both mm-hmm. standing in the living room, you know, with our hands on our hips, and we're looking at the TV, and all of a sudden the, there was a flag, and we both look at each other like, oh shit, like. Uh, we get one more, right? Okay. So all of a sudden we throw the bomb and, you know, it's completed. Richard Rogers, blah, blah, blah. And me and my dad just hug each other and we're just holding each other for 10 seconds and it's getting a little weird. And we're just like, all right, hey, Packers won. Good night. I'll, I'll see you in the I morning. remember that too <laughs> because Courtney's friend and her boyfriend were over for the game. Uh-huh. And Lily was in sleeping. So we were still in an apartment at this point. Lily's oh. in her room sleeping. She's like what, nine months old. Yeah. And I remember jumping off the couch, being like, "Holy shit, he caught it!" And like trying to have to keep myself quiet so I didn't wake up the baby. <laughs> hey, dude, I went through that with the Bucks, so I feel your pain, dude. That was awful. <laughs> I still have that pillow; it is full of uh, sweat and spit now because I had to scream into a pillow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to. I had a newborn baby. Okay, so I was like, "Oh god!" I mean, just it's hard to be quiet when you're watching sports and you have a baby. Mike, don't do it advice so, <laughs> man you got me second guessing now Thing is, do I do it, <laughs> hey just be single and happy that's all i'm gonna tell you uh, i got Alrighty, a game coming up this weekend so i don't know a <laughs> <laughs> boy well mike we will see you in 10 days we will see you next saturday it would be cool for all three of us to be able to meet up with amari snowden and get a picture of the, of the four or of the four of us and uh and have that to uh kind of just recapture the moment that we got to interview him and, and have that forever. Yeah. So it was always. Yeah. So we got a couple of badges to meet up with. That's all I'll say. Yeah, absolutely, guys. 
Thanks for having me on. We'll be talking to you soon. Yes, sir. Take sure. care, buddy. Okay. So I want to read Tim's comment, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Uh, no, Tim said. No, can't read it. Can't read it. Nope. Only I'm allowed to read comments. He said, uh, Tim said, I was at the game. Cleo Mack injured Rodgers, and then he returned after half to kick their ass. Dude, Rodgers has given us so many magical moments. Like, honestly. We're going to do an episode this summer for Aaron Rodgers. It, it, we're going to. We've already decided that. I know. It, it's it's ridiculous that Packers fan turned on him so fast. Like, did you yeah. really forget all the times that he literally – he was Carried. limping at times carrying he, us. He had one well, leg carrying carried. us. Carried us, dude. Carried. Come Capital on, C. Like, carried. when you compare him to other ro- – when you compare the Packers roster to other rosters, you could go like – Okay, we had Aaron Rodgers, and then eventually it was we had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, right? But for a long time there, it was we had Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers kept Mike McCarthy employed three years too long. Yeah, not and for then, sure. And then how the hell does he still have a job in Dallas? <laughs> I mean, he should have gotten fired after they lost to the Packers. Yeah, that was a bad loss. That was a, that was a terrible loss. decision to go for it on fourth down. That was a bad loss. All right, so, yeah, switching to baseball, which is – it. I'm going to be honest with you. It almost sounds like that's Amari Stoden's favorite sport. It does. Well, I'll be honest. I think it sounds like he just likes competing. He's just ultra-competitive human. Maybe it's like a tie between baseball and football. Yeah. He, you can definitely tell he has a love for baseball. Yeah. Uh, football season, I'm sure he just absolutely locks in. But when, yeah. But he is going to be sad when it becomes this time of year next year. And he's doing football practice instead of playing baseball. He will be sad. But I mean, if he's got if he, it'd be different if they didn't have spring practice. Like if there was just spring yeah. and he had like nothing to do, mm-hmm. then I could see him being sad. But then he'd probably just be living in a batting cage somewhere around Madison. <laughs> I'll join him, dude. I like batting cages; those are fun. All right, so we're gonna switch to baseball. And we're going to start with the Brewers and Cardinals series. The game is still going. Last I saw, the Brewers were down 7-3, to three, yeah, uh, which still seems to be the case. Yep. Um, but the Brewers did have the lead cut to 5-3 to three at one point, but it's still 7-3. to three. So we're going to start with the Cardinals series. Um, game one against the Cardinals, what stood out to you from the open? Well, Woody was fantastic. Uh, five and a third, give up four hits, no earned runs. Uh, we gave up no one runs the entire game. We won this one four to zero. Uh, the pitching staff, by the way, really fucking good. I believe they're. I think I saw this today. I think they're third in the majors in opponent batting average. Sounds about right. Third. I think fifth, they're third. I, I think they're third. I think they allow like just over a two hundred batting average. Um, and this game, Yelly finally got on the RBI train, which was nice to see. We need him to start hitting. Uh, there's still a he, lot of fans. He leads are, off, so he's got less chances. But I guess right, but there's still a lot of people that are critical of Yelich, and it's like, listen, we he gets some new material. He's a he's a great locker room guy. If nothing else, he's a great leader. He's a professional. He's been an MVP. He's been in. He's succeeded and been in every level of this this league. So he's definitely a good guy for Garrett Mitchell to pick pick his brain. If nothing else, um, Adamas hit homer number one. Telez got another RBI, his second of the year, and Garrett Mitchell with a two-out RBI. So those are the things that I was impressed with. Uh, also, Hobie Milner, stud. 
He's a stud. <laughs> um, when we get to our underrated performer at the end, I have a very interesting thought that I want to throw. A little bit of a cheat, but still worth mentioning, I think. Okay. Um, Brandon Woodruff, one, two, three, first inning, one, two, three, second inning, and the third inning, the only runner that it, that got on uh, was wiped out by Wilson Contreras. Sorry, not mm-hmm. Wilson Contreras, William Contreras. Mm-hmm. Um, Rudy Telez got a sack fly on the bottom of the third. Um, Contreras and Garrett Mitchell followed up with singles with two outs for a 2 nothing lead. Uh, Woody was just rolling after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fifth, one-out runner. Um, the sixth, he got pulled maybe a little bit early, but I, I understand why being pulled there. Um, and then it seems that the the shoulder was part of it. So um, Brandon Woodruff did say that he's not concerned. He's not going to be on the injured list for longer than the 10 days. So he's only going to miss those two starts. It was just a concern of recovery at that point. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to give him a little bit longer to recover, basically like the, the Bucks wrestling their starters. So yeah. wrestling their starter. Uh, so not something that people need to be super freaked out about. Um, I want to give Joel Piamps credit. He got behind Goldschmidt three nothing, came back to strike him out, and then Cardinals got the bases loaded and Piamps got out of it. What a guy to strike out, by the way. Just the reigning MVP. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Brewers got the bases loaded with one out in the bottom of the sixth. Got two infield hits. They did get one more run. Then you mentioned William Adamas's first home run. Um, the two straight innings, St. Louis threatened, got no runs, obviously, in the shutout. Um, Milwaukee got one more. Um, I want to give Matt Bush credit for navigating Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Contreras. Yeah. That's, that's, I put it to you, a, the best three man section of a lineup in all of baseball that's it's pretty fucking up there i'll say that if nothing else it's up there it's in the top i mean you're looking at probably two of the top five players in the national league Mm -hmm. and a borderline all-star yeah yeah and a really good contact guy in Contreras. all of them are good contact guys but yeah so that um bryce wilson ninth inning two strikeouts and a ground out um, Weimer extended his hitting streak to six, which tied the second long, second longest start to a career as a Brewer. Um, mm-hmm. The Brewers three shutouts in four games, all four runs driven in by different players. Mm. And this game gave the Brewers a six-game winning streak, which is longer than any streak they had in 2022. Yikes! That's crazy. That the Brewers were like the last series away from being in the playoffs, not having a winning streak longer than six. That is insane. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, just like, there's no up and downs. That season was just like right on the line. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. right on the line like that. Um, what really stood out to me, and this is going to contrast hard with game two, only six strikeouts and eight walks by Brewers hitters. Mm. Very nice. Not nice in the next game because only three walks and 11 strikeouts in game two. Yeah. Uh, eight guys left on base. So that sharp contrast, it just kind of got off to a rough start and just kind of just stayed rough. Uh, the yeah. first two batters reached against Lauer. Lauer did get Goldschmidt to fly out and Arenado to fly out. He did get an RBI off of it. And then yeah. Contreras had a broken bat single that made the game 2 nothing. 
Um, top of the second, leadoff man got on again. They didn't get any runs, but after two innings, Eric Lauer was already at 49 pitches. Before you continue, I want to I want to talk about an error that Weimer made on that on that hit. He should have thrown it to second base. He should not have thrown it yeah. home. The cutoff guy caught the ball. Uh, whoever um, can't think of his name right now, but um, Voight Voight did catch the ball. He was the cutoff man, but he should have thrown the ball to second base. And I know that was a coachable moment. He's a young guy, but he's got to yeah. know to throw that to second base because then it ended up leading to a run. So. I right. just wanted to point that out. Um, top of the third, leadoff man on again. Mm-hmm. Arenado hit a home run and made it 4-0, uh, followed by a walk and a Jordan Walker home run, which made it 6 to nothing. Um, yeah. After that, I mean, Joey Weimer in the bottom of the third got a, got a hit that tied B.J. Serhoff for the longest hit streak to start a career at 7. Um, the Brewers got the bases loaded with two outs, couldn't get anything done with it. Yeah. Um, I will say Gus Varland, two scoreless innings. Javi Guerra, a scoreless inning pitched. Bottom of the eighth, I'll give Willie, uh, Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich some credit. They both got hits to the opposite field, something the Brewers are doing a lot better this year. But mm-hmm. that was pretty much all she wrote from game two. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that one? Um, just wanted to point out, you could tell kind of early that Lauer didn't have his best stuff. His stuff was staying pretty straight. Um. He wasn't really missing his spots super bad. He missed a couple of times. I'm not expecting him to be a robot. But um, a lot of times when you miss, you could still, you know, depend on that movement from the pitch to kind of get guys to swing and miss or hit little dribblers up the middle or, or whatever it is, right? But he didn't have his best stuff this day, and uh, it is what it is, man. You can't miss in the zone against a, a good Cardinals offense. Yeah. So, what about Game Three? What's it all to you from Game Three, the series winner? My boy, Fastball Freddy was uh, looking good. He had seven strikeouts, so three walks is a little bit eh. That's the average. That's probably the limit I'd, I'd want to give up. Uh, but only the one earned run. I'm definitely okay with that. Every every time you go out there, you give me six innings and you only give up one run, you're putting yourself in line for a win, which is exactly what he got. Um, Yelly got on the home run train. Oh. That is a beautiful thing to see. Let me tell you, a yelly home run is definitely something that just gives me a sigh of relief and kind of like a haters, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, Adamas home run, he says, say cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Telez with, with two RBIs. So um, I also want to point out Matt Bush. Um, he did have two walks in this one, but he is coming along. And I think by mid-season, mid to late season, he's going to be a real, real powerful player in our bullpen once we get him right. I said this last year, and I still think it, because even though he struggled last season a little bit, he has electric stuff. Yep, he has the stuff for sure. He's Let him get into the lab. A blistering fastball and a nasty, nasty curveball. Yep. And if he can throw his curveball for strikes, like you're not touching him. No. Because then he's going to throw the curveball for strikes, and then he's going to throw a fastball that's going to be in Contreras' glove before you have time to consider swinging. Wow. Until Contreras keeps doing the damn hitter interference, catcher interference. You got a second one today, which I guess, you know, you're trying to do the framing of the pitches and stuff, and it is what it is. But his pitch framing is up. That looks real good for my bold prediction. I'll say that. (laughs) We're only, we're 11, almost 12 games in, but he's pitch framing really well. It looks good for my bold prediction. 
But as far as game three versus the Cardinals go, Freddie Peralta got a one, two, three first inning. Um, Yelich led off with a single to the opposite field. Jesse Winker got hit by a pitch. Uh, Willie Adamas struck out, and then Rowdy Tellez grounded into a double play, kind of an anticlimactic first inning. Um, <laughs> I want to bring up Christian Yelich. So I believe this was in the second inning. Um, I don't remember who the batter was, but it was a left-handed hitter, and he hit a ball to left field. And Christian Yelich made a diving catch on it. But I want to give Christian Yelich credit because that's not just a normal fly ball when a left-handed hitter hits the ball to left field. Because that ball doesn't just go straight out to the fielder. The ball goes and it slices towards the foul line. Those are hard balls to catch. Mm-hmm. Those are, I mean, not only are they hard to judge, but that ball is continuing to go away from you as you're chasing it down. Right. So that's a tough catch for Christian Yelich to make, and he made it. Um, Freddie Peralta had a 27-pitch third inning, kind of got his pitch count up a little bit. Um, had two base runners, got two strikeouts, didn't give up any runs. Bottom of the third inning, Joey Weimer drew a walk, so he had still been on base every game. Just didn't get a hit in this one to to have sole possession of the hit streak, but still on base in every single game to this point. And then Christian Yelich followed it up with another opposite field single. So twice Christian Yelich to the opposite field. Bottom of the third, two outs. Willie Adamas' first pitch swing fouled off a hanging slider, kind of matted himself. Followed it up with a two RBI double. Yes, sir. That to me, it almost seems like a secondary benefit of the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. Is a, a hitter has less time to be in their head, and maybe it's just something that gets you to get over your mistakes a little bit quicker. I'm with that. I'm with that. Just something that kind of stood out to me with that at bat with Willie Adamas that he was mad for not taking advantage of a, a hanging slider. And the next pitch, he was ready to go and hit a two-RBI double. So, uh, Top of the fourth inning, William Contreras really showing off his agility behind the plate. Um, Freddie Peralta was throwing his fastball just a little bit out of control, but Contreras keeping it in front of him. Um, Freddie did throw some very nice sliders in the fourth inning. So we know Freddie's got the fastball. We know Freddie's got the curveball. His slider's coming along pretty nicely. That's encouraging to see. Um and then he threw a 91 mile an hour changeup for a strikeout. <laughs> that's that's disgusting. Yeah. We're going to get to Corbin Burns in a minute, but throwing a 91 mile an hour changeup. Yeah, he he also threw a fastball in this game, 97.8 miles per hour. That was his yeah. fastest pitch in 2019. I got some I got some good ones for Freddie's fastball. <laughs> Bottom of the fourth, William Contreras, opposite field hit. Bottom of the fifth, William Adamas, he got a little bit extra, hit the home run. Freddie Peralta did finish with six innings pitch, had seven strikeouts, four hits, did give up three walks, and you mentioned the earned run. Uh, the bullpen did a good job finishing it out. Bush did get the bases loaded, but got two outs, and then Hobie Milner came in and stranded the bases loaded like he does. Because that's just what he does. Hobie Milner just does not let inherited base runners score. Nope. Like, like ever. Like, seriously. Like, he's like 90, I want to say it's like 96% of inherited runners insane. are stranded. That's insane. It, it is insane. <laughs> um, Willie Adamas did finish three for four at the double in the home run for three RBI. Christian Yelich finished three for five. Um, 
Freddie Peralta threw 32 fastballs, 95 miles an hour or higher. That's his highest as a starter. God damn. 32 times, 95 or higher. That's a lot. Um, With this game, Christian Yelich on base all nine games so far. So it gets a lot of flack, but still getting on base. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned Weimer already. Brewers won five of six at home for just the fourth time in franchise history. Mm. When five of their first six at home. God damn. Um, And then Peter Strzelecki, 14 consecutive appearances without allowing a run dating back to last September 16th. Brewers have some underrated bullpen guys. I'm just going to say that. That's another guy that's just making me look smart for picking him as my underrated performer of the season. So (laughs) anything else you wanted to say about the Cardinal series? Um, Nice to get nice to open the season with a series win versus them. For sure. That's what I think. Nice to see them at the bottom of the NL central. That's uh, yeah. Either, either them or Chicago can stay there for the entire year. Yeah. Pittsburgh is not going to be hanging around much longer without O'Neill Cruz. No, no, uh, they weren't going to stay there much longer in the, in the first place. <laughs> All right, let's switch to the Diamondback series. Game one, oh, my fucking God. That, I think the umpire scorecard that I saw from game one might be the worst umpire scorecard that I have ever seen. It really? was a It was a plus 2.49 runs for Arizona based on the umpiring. Well, they scored three, so... 80, oh my God, it was 80% called strike accuracy. Oh, 80. Oh, that's bad. Oh man, it was bad. Bad. And I will say, like, Zach Gallen is a baller, but oh my God, for it, he got big help with Brian Anderson at the plate. Two balls that were both each probably four inches inside. Both got called strikes. Um, Brewers should have had bases loaded with nobody out in the um, second inning, I believe that was. Um, And at that point, the Brewers were down one to nothing. There was a wild pitch that advanced runners from first and second to second and third. If the bases were loaded like they should have been, that would have tied the game at one. That Mm. wild pitch. Um, it was followed up by Voigt swinging at three straight pitches out of the zone, which is unfortunate. But top of the third, Joey Weimer at the plate, the same inside pitch called a strike, and then a low pitch to Yelich below the knees called a strike. Top of the fourth inning, another low pitch to William Contreras called a strike. Contreras stunk like hung in there and still has a hit in every game he's played, including today. So, William mm-hmm. Contreras is off to a very good start with the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, top of the sixth, Weimer gets rung up on another inside pitch. It was just, it was frustrating because it was the whole game that just pitches just way out of the zone being called strikes. And it wasn't consistent either. That's where mm. that plus 2.49 runs for Arizona comes in. So mm. definitely frustrating first game of a West coast road trip. It, I mean, it is what it is. Um, Brewers struck out 13 times, only had three hits, one walk. Um, Bryce Wilson did pitch well, two innings, no runs, a hit, and three strikeouts. Yep. My opinion, this would have been a good game for Craig Council to get tossed. 
The strike zone was horrible. Uh, Wade Miley got called for an auto ball. And Rowdy Telez got called for a pitch clock strikeout. And it wasn't being called. Like I said, it wasn't being called against Arizona. So to me, this would have been a good game for Craig Council to get tossed. But I'm, you know, I'm not mad that he didn't. But with this game, the bullpen extended their scoreless streak to 25.1 innings. The longest streak in 2022 was 16.1. Oh, I had questions about the bullpen coming into the year, but I tell you what, I shut up real quick. Oh, you hold on to that. You hold on to that. We'll get uh, there. I don't want to because I don't have questions anymore. <laughs> well, I'm still going to get there. Um, I know, I'm ready. Let's it out to you from the first game of the Diamondbacks here. Um, if I could take this from an optimistic standpoint, now it's not really great that we didn't get many, many more people on base, but we only had two left on base. So had that, um, Wade Miley looks like he's going to be a fantastic fifth starter in my opinion. Um, I mean, five innings pitched, you gave up a two run homer. So that's two of your three earned runs. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to give up homers. You're not going to give up zero homers the entire year. Right. So if you get, if you give up three earned runs, you give yourself a chance to win. You go in five innings, so you're helping the bullpen. So other than that, yeah, the strike zone wasn't very good. Um, we didn't bring the the bats um, kind of because they were taken out of our hands to a certain degree. Um, so other than that, we moved on to seven and three. That's all I think. Yeah. I'm not trying to think too deeply on it because I don't want to get like, I'm not going to get upset about a loss, you know, right. but it still sucks the way we lost. All right. You know I mean? And like I said, it's still, it's the first game of West Coast road trip. Yep. Yep. A lot of travel time. Agreed. Um, getting into game two. Uh, Craig Council became the Brewers' all-time leader in games managed against his former team. And I want to say, I want to give a thank you to Arizona and their mm-hmm. team because they put a thing up on the board for Craig Council because he played there. So, classy move by the Diamondbacks to do that. I agree. Um, that was awesome. I got to say, Kelly had a changeup, cutter, and fastball, all pitches that can move, and they all – fit in the 87 to 95 mile an hour range mm-hmm. like that dude's he's got some stuff uh he pitched for team usa in the world baseball classic but um corbin burns was just better flat out better i mean he was voted he's, the best pitcher in baseball so i mean that'll happen but you know if he has two bad starts it means that he's self-sabotaging because he is mad that he didn't get paid and doesn't want to be here so his yep. solution to wanting to be paid more is to pitch worse. I don't know. Usually when I want like my legs to feel better, I usually run into a wall or kick a a big (laughs) rock, you know, like that's usually what I do. (laughs) Uh, So believe everything you read on Facebook is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So definitely some doctors on there. I'll say that. So Corbin Burns, his cutter looked better. Uh, he was throwing a lot of curveballs, actually. Uh, both teams went down in order in the first two innings. Top of the third, Joey Weimer led off the game with a walk. So still on base in every game for Joey Weimer. Uh, he stole second against a very good defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. And then he got a little greedy trying to steal third base after that as well. With zero outs, like you don't need to try to steal third base when you have speed. Yeah, I agree. A single um, would have scored you, man. Yeah, easily. And with nobody out, 
I mean, that's just yeah. yeah, not a not a base to try to steal, but I'm sure that's like you said, like another teachable moment. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the third inning, Bryce Terang flashing the leather for Burns to have a ball hit to him. Burns kind of knocked it down for Bryce Terang to come up behind him, field that ball, step on second, and throw to first on a ball that was knocked down by Corbin Burns. That's fantastic defense by Bryce Terang. Yeah, dude. He's he's a defensive stud, if nothing else, early. Absolutely. And I'm going to come back to that. Um, then, then you got Corbin Burns. So I mentioned Freddie Peralta throwing a 91-mile-an-hour changeup. Corbin Burns was throwing 90-mile-an-hour changeups that moved like halfway across – plate yeah have fun with that a dude that throws you 95 96 97 mile an hour cutters then throwing a pitch that moves twice as much in the same directions and is seven miles an hour slower eek but they look the same yeah that's tough dude (laughs) that's so nasty that's so nasty um, honestly, the first six innings of this game were pretty quiet until William Adamas hit a home run in the top of the seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, Rowdy Telez and Brian Anderson got on base after him with zero outs. Garrett Mitchell singled. Um, Victor Caratini had an RBI walk, and then Terang popped up for the first out. Um, Weimer had an RBI ground out, and then Brasso had a two out, three two count double. Um, and made all of the walks drawn in that inning hurt. Um, Rowdy Telez hit a home run in the top of the eighth. Burns' pitch count was at 89, but he did give up a couple hits in the bottom of the eighth. And with the Brewers scoring runs in the seventh and eighth innings, he did have some long sitting in there. So with the Brewers already having put Brandon Woodruff on the injured list that day, probably gave a little bit of caution to not try to put Corbin Burns back out there for the ninth inning after he gave up a couple hits in the eighth and had some long like sitting uh, in between the seventh and eighth innings, while the Brewers were batting, so yeah. I'm like I understand potential frustration with taking out Corbin Burns when he's only at 89 pitches and a chance to go for a complete game, but I also understand, you know, kind of protecting um, your other horse starter when Brandon Woodruff is going to be out for the next two starts. Yeah, I mean that's just the context that people don't really give when they're like, right. why would you take him out? He only had 89 pitches. It's like, dude, yeah. you got to like, like it's the beginning of the season. We're 11 games in what this game it's, situation. It's a fucking well. marathon, dude. Major marathon. We have 150 whatever games left, you know? So let's, let's just calm down a bit. He has 30 more starts for the rest of the year. If we, if we yep. control him correctly and, Hopefully he has 15 of those 30 starts. He's going eight innings. So right, yeah. and he has that potential, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, and him go nine innings, the other 15. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would. Oh my god, he would run away with those high young awards. He probably went if he threw 15 complete games. He probably went MVP. Shit, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. <laughs> Top of the ninth, Mike Brasso hit a home run. Um, the Diamondbacks were down to their last out, and they did score a run. The bullpen streak ended at 26 innings of scoreless baseball. But Corbin Burns, eight innings, three hits, eight strikeouts, zero walks. The Brewers drew five walks, three of which scored. Um, and everybody but Terrain got on base at least once. But when I did post the um, the Milwaukee Brewers win, I put Bryce Terrain as the underrated performer because even though he didn't 
reach base. He was the Brewers' best defender in that second game against the Diamondbacks. Um, what stood out to you from last night's game? I mean, if you have any uh, any answer other than uh, Mike Brasso or Corbin Burns, you're you're fucking lying. That's all I'm going to say right now. Uh, Brasso's uh, two of his three RBIs were two out RBIs. So, like you like to look at the walks that come around the score. I'm a big two out RBI guy. It, mm. So we kind of cover all the bases. There's a baseball pun. Nice, nice pun. Uh, I'm, get, I'm getting better. I'm going to get to your level pretty soon yeah. here, buddy. <laughs> When I get to the Bobby Bobby Portis goldfish level, this show is going to fucking skyrocket, buddy. <laughs> um, hey, you had apples and bananas, so we got that going for us. Yeah, that, that's my calling card, apples and bananas. Here we go. <laughs> um, Corbin Burns was he – he was Cyburns. That's what I'm going to say. Um, his pitches had movement. They had velocity, and he was in total control. Uh, that That's what I took away from it. Um, also nice to see Carantini get an RBI. I know it's not really important, but ha- having catcher be a position of strength for the Brewers is such a massive thing because it hasn't been. And catcher translates to the Packers to tight end, where we haven't had an impact tight end in so many years, and that's such a big thing for them, whereas catcher is such a big thing for the Brewers. So I pay really close attention to the defense and the offensive output. Um, yeah, and let, you already brought up Contreras after the game. He had an eight-game hitting streak to start a Brewer's career, which tied for the longest uh, as a Brewer. So, obviously, today he broke that. He did. He did break that today. So, um, yeah. I mean, the game started before the show, so I caught a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking at it now because the game did just go final, so I'm just kind of pulling it up to see what happened with it. Yeah. Um, you did already cover Contreras. He had a, an opposite field double, so that does extend his streak. Um, right. Also got a Luke Fickle bat signal going on right now, so that's also happening. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I know. I just got all the things going on. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so Diamondbacks' first run came off a runner that reached on catcher's interference and wiped out a nice play by Mike Brasso at third base. Yeah. Um, I'm just, just pulling up the game. Final was 7-3. to three. The Brewers did cut the lead to five to three at one point. Christian Yelich drew in or drove in two runs. Um, Yelich was two for five. Contreras three for four. Uh, Luke Voigt two for four. It's good to see him kind of bouncing back. Terang yeah. two for four after being zero for four yesterday is encouraging. Yeah. Uh, Joey Weimer drew a walk, so he has been on base in every single game he's played as a Brewer. Uh, and Mike Brasso had one RBI, one walk, and one hit. Um, Jansen Junk, four and two-thirds, seven hits, five runs, four earned, two walks, two strikeouts. Not a terrible outing. It's not, it's not great but for it to be his Brewers debut and for him to be a triple-A pitcher for most of last year um, and come and make a spot start when he wasn't quite expecting to, filling yeah. in for Andrew Woodruff. Like, you can obviously do worse than to, to give up four earned runs uh, in just shy of five innings. Holby Milner, another scoreless inning. He only gave up one hit in one inning. Uh, Gus Varland gave up a couple runs. I believe those are his first runs as a brewer, uh, unfortunately. And then Javi Guerra, a scoreless inning, only one hit. Brewers left nine guys on base today. That's That hurts. Um, you know, they were doing good in this series before that. Game two, yeah. they only left four. And game one, they only left, left two. So, right. Yeah. 
It happens. It is what it is. It's the Brewers' first series loss of the entire season so far. Yeah. So there's still, if you want to look at it as a series, they're still three and one. I will tell you, the uh, the Diamondbacks in a few years are going to be fucking monsters. I'm not going to lie to you. They're already kind of monstrous this year. If you look at it, they were they won six of ten games playing the Dodgers and the Padres before the Brewers came to Arizona. So Damn. they are now eight of their last 13 games against the Brewers, Padres, and Dodgers. Hey, they're going to get there. They're kind of like the Cleveland Cavaliers of the NL, in my opinion. They're close, right. but they're not there. They're close. I get it. Anything else you want to say about the Diamondback series? No. Uh, move on to the next one. Yeah. So the Brewers are back tomorrow. Well, let's just throw this out there. The Brewers are back tomorrow. They have four at San Diego and then three at Seattle. This is their first time in Seattle since 2016. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be weird. And we play in New York this year. I well, it's it's the first year that they're playing every team because it shocked me. That baseball has the longest season, but there's still like you don't play every team every year. Yeah, it's changing now. This year it starts with it. Every team plays every team. Right. But for baseball to have the longest season and the least amount of facing the other teams in baseball, right. like it, it was just weird. Yeah, so that I'm makes glad they opened sense. that up. Yeah, I agree. That that's good for baseball. Because yes. then you then you get teams that you don't normally see, which is what you get that, more matchups is what it is. You don't which just is what see, makes the NBA exciting, right? You don't just see the Brewers playing the Cubs twenty four times a year and playing three games against the Twins, three games against the Yankees, and, yeah. and three games against the A's or whatever, right? Right, and it's uh, you, like interleague used to just be like two weeks in the middle of the season. Which was so dumb. I mean, it was exciting because, like, we didn't see them very often. But it was also stupid. Right. Like, hey, bro, why can't I play against, you know, Seattle, like you're saying? Because that's the next one. Or why can't yeah. we go go up to Boston? Or why can't we go to New York? Or we, we played 12 games in Chicago this year, and only three of them were against the White Sox. You're right. You know, that's stupid. <laughs> so, it's, it's different. So, out of the next seven games uh, against two pretty solid teams, um, I think I'm going to go – Four and three. I'm gonna say they. Sp- I'm gonna say they split with San Diego, and I'm gonna say two out of three from Seattle. Hmm. I'm gonna go five and two. I think we're gonna win both series. I like it. Um. So give me your power pair. I know we have the same position player because it couldn't be anybody else besides William <laughs> Allen. I mean. I'm not going to lie. I almost picked Contreras because I saw that stat about him getting a hit in every game. I was like, I I almost picked him. I was like, that's consistency, and I like consistency. Um, Waiting for that power to come. When that power comes and he's a 300 hitter, stud. Uh, That's a monster trade, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, But for my pitcher, I picked Freddie. Um, I'll let you give the stats on Willie as well. I did not pick an underrated performer. I'm just going to give you a little thing. I couldn't. I, I couldn't think of somebody that is not being appreciated, to be honest with you. Um, but Freddie, I picked him cause I, I'm a big Freddie guy. You know that. I mean, we've talked about this for how yeah. many years now? I'm like, I'm a yeah. big Freddie guy. He's throwing more velocity. He's got the hair swag. He's got, he's got the left arm tatted. I mean, he's looking icy out there and he's just blowing guys go blowing the ball past guys. So, I mean, seven strikeouts, like I said, the three walks is a little, yeah. but, 
the one earned run is fantastic in six innings. So Freddie, Freddie Peralta, he literally has the potential to be like a, a, a two a I'll say, I, I don't think he has like one, one, a one B, but he could be like a, we could have a one, a one B and he could be like two, you know what I mean? Cause Woody can be a one. So right. I feel like we have two ones and a two, if that makes sense. I'm with it. Um, Willie Adamas coming into today's game was seven of his last 19, three home runs, the five RBI. That's a 368 batting average. That's Honestly, out of everything over the last week, Willie Adamas only having three strikeouts stood out to me the most. Oh. For Willie Adamas, his plate discipline to be improving that dramatically, that's a big deal for me. I agree. Uh, and – in contrast, my power pair pitcher is Corbin Burns. Like Corbin Burns is back. He had the eight innings, three hits, eight Ks, zero walks. The zero walks to me is the biggest thing. Um, also the eight Ks because that's more Corbin Burns-esque. But over his first two starts, he had five walks and only six strikeouts. Mm. So for him to go from two and a half walks and three strikeouts average per game for his first two games to then have eight K's and zero walks. Big deal. Big difference. In command. Um, and for underrated performer, I told you I kind of cheated, but I went with the bullpen coaches. Mm, it's a good one. The bullpen was unpredictable and unknown at best. Like we knew what we were getting from Devin Williams because he's going to be arguably the best reliever in baseball. We knew yep. we were getting from Hobie Milner because he pitched really well last year. And I've been pretty high on Peter Strzelecki. Mm-hmm. Um, we said, you know, towards the end of last year and so far this year that Matt Bush has great stuff, but it comes down to control with his curveball. So far coming into today, the Brewers had six guys that had given up zero runs in three to five appearances. Now, those six guys had totaled 26 and a third innings coming into today's game. So, six guys, zero runs. Um, Varland gave up a couple today, so that makes it five guys still, even after today, that have not given up a single run for the Brewers in the bullpen. Wow. Yeah, dude, the Brewers' bullpen, I'm not going to lie, is like really shocking me. I'm like, holy shit, bro. (laughs) I think that's honestly part of the driving force behind why the Brewers are off to a very strong start because that was their biggest question mark. I'm I'm with it. All right, so that's who I went with as underrated performer. Um, Is there anything else you want to say, really? Um, Nah, let's just keep this ball rolling. Keep I like the combination of small ball with the ability to hit the long ball. I think our offense is much better. I think it's more balanced. And we know the starting pitching. We know we're going to get out of Burns, right? He's going to have a whoopsie start every four starts, right? It just so happened that two of them were in a row. It happens. Now he's good for the next 10 starts, right? See, that's how that works. Math. Um, The law of averages, you know? Um but you know what we're going to get from the starters? If the bullpen stays up, this baseball team is going to win a lot of baseball games. Yeah. So a couple things. I want to, again, thank Amari Snowden for joining the show. He's he's an impressive young guy, like you said. Yep. And Jake and I, we need some good vibes going into Friday before Friday night's show. So send us some good vibes for that. 
Uh, Friday night, we will be continuing the draft series as our final positional review. Um, our final positional review is going to be edge and defensive line. Next Friday's show after that is going to be dedicated entirely to mock drafts. So mm-hmm. we've spent five Fridays in a row. It's crazy that it feels like it's gone by so quickly. Man. Five Fridays in a row of positional rankings and breakdowns. All is going to culminate in the sixth Friday of just tons of mock drafts and looking at different ideas of ways the Packers can go and seeing how things can turn out. So that's going to be a fun show for sure. Doing the mock drafts. We're going to, we're going to mix in some different ways to, to do some different mock drafts. And then we're going to stream during the first and second days of the draft. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And like I did mention, um, we are going to um, do an Aaron Rodgers central episode at some point this summer that's going to happen for sure but i mean maybe when he get, maybe by the time he gets traded we don't yeah, yeah maybe he'll be a backer maybe he won't who knows <laughs> nobody apparently but yeah send jake and i some good vibes for not only this friday but for monday we have some exciting meetings coming up for us yeah. that hopefully we can parlay into some really exciting news to share for the show so good vibes towards us we need them and we appreciate them um tim said you both already know but i want to say i appreciate what you guys do keep up the great work tim we appreciate you too you're definitely definitely number one fan there tim for sure oh, gee. i gotta say two things one you made a comment about how how fast it feels like it went well i think we kind of got an understanding of the the work that we have to put in right and we've i feel the same about like our regular notes during the week with brewers and bucks like we like you created your own kind of process of how you look at things. I've created my own process. Like I literally, my hand now, when I take buck stats, I make my little table. Okay. Field goal, three point rebound, assist, turnovers, fast break points, points in the paint and free throws. And then I add my little second chance points, my tidbits. My hand does that by itself now. Okay. It's second nature. <laughs> Same with pitching. I do my innings pitch hits, walks, earn runs, case. So like, We've just been doing this so long now that this is almost second nature to me, <laughs> and I love it. And we, we've we definitely created – and I think Bryant and Simon – Simon did it last year because we had some good talks with him. But Bryant definitely got got a mouthful this year, I'll say, with with learning how much it is to take – you know, and, and watch all these guys play and see what they're good at and wow. where they're lining up. And But Bryant, Bryant's – he's good, man. He's, he's He knows his football, so that's yeah. why we have him on. But, yeah, Tim – we appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, like I said, send us good vibes. Potentially some some next level stuff coming for us in the next week. So it's coming. I feel it. All right. We'll see you Friday night then. Yes, sir. See you Friday night. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.